Hello, and welcome to Cast. I did it. I finally did it. I finally, finally went up in a hot air balloon. <sighs> Cheers and applause and sighs of relief. All things that were going on inside my body. Cheering inside my body. It's a thing. I was that happy. I created a new thing. Man. It was worth the wait. It was really worth the wait. But let me tell you, the day before, leading up to it, what a time. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna abridge this slightly. But, basically, my friend and I had to get to basically a field in the middle of nowhere that can't be accessed by public transport, public transport, and I had a broken van. That's right, this wonderful van of mine decided to pick the day before I was going up in our air balloon to just give up on its brakes. It just decided it didn't want brake discs anymore. And so it just started sounding like a helicopter. And I decided I can't drive the two and a half hours I need to drive to get to this place. And wouldn't you know it, because of the Queen's funeral, no disrespect, but because of the Queen's funeral, I was not able to get my van in anywhere to get fixed. This included, and this was this was the day after as well. This was the Tuesday. Um. So I looked everywhere to rent a car, and they wanted stupid amounts of money, and there wasn't really anything available. Annoyingly. And my van wasn't being fixed till Thursday, and we were going up in the balloon on Wednesday. Great. So, after searching all day for an option, and this is getting into the, to the late afternoon now, one of my friends came in clutch, major clutch, and let me borrow his car. Let me tell you, after driving a van for a long time, It was very weird driving a car. Very, very strange driving a car. I felt like I was driving a little go-kart around the M25. I felt like I was in Mario Kart, like I should be throwing bananas out the side of the... out the side of the window. Blue shells akimbo out of the sunroof. But alas, no. Um, he... his car got me there. Um, I had about two and a half hours sleep because I didn't get to my friend's house until like half two and we were, we had to meet at this place at seven in the morning. So the conditions for a morning balloon flight, for any balloon flight, have to be perfect. And we had had it cancelled. If you'd listened to the, if you have listened to this podcast, you'll know like at least five times this flight has been cancelled. We actually booked it two years ago, and um, it just kept getting cancelled. And I was starting to think it was a bit of a scam, 
because it, that would be you know kind of smart right um for a while at least until you definitely get found out but then then i realized they were actually doing flights so i was like okay there must be some reason there definitely was a reason i'll get to it in a second so we arrived there at seven in the morning what a morning it was glorious sunrise because the days are getting a bit shorter now so the sunrise was a bit later glorious sunrise me in this um in this kind of farm place in Kent. It was all in Kent, by the way. And this was amazing because this was the... My friend lives in Kent, so we wanted to get the flight in Kent. They do them, like, all around the UK. But we wanted to get it in Kent. And this was the last flight they were ever doing in Kent. How ridiculous is that? We've been trying to get it for two years, but this was the last one they they were doing in Kent. Phenomenal. Serendipity. It was meant to be. Also, they don't confirm that the flight is going on until like 10 or 11 o'clock the night before. So I am, that's why I got to my friend's house so late, because I was like waiting for it to be confirmed. And they didn't confirm it until like half past 10. So half past 10 rolls around, I get insured on my friend's car, and he then lets me go. <laughs> I turn up at uh, like half past two. Also, half of the motorway was closed off, so I had to take... It was a whole thing. It doesn't matter. Details. But, yes, we met at this farm at like seven in the morning. And uh, so we thought we were just turning up and we were going to get in a hot air balloon and... Up to the sky. No. We were brought on as laborers to unwrap the balloon, unpack it hold open the balloon hold two ma- there was like 11 of us by the way that were flying and we each had got assigned little jobs my job was to hold hold the balloon open so my friend and another guy could hold these massive industrial fans that blew cold air into it and started it inflating this was amazing because I felt like I was back in primary school you know like with the parachute I think I actually did parachute as a word on this once um but it was that same kind of thing where you sort of like you're holding it and it's just sort of going and you have to like run under it i didn't the urge was there but i didn't run under it um so i was holding it fan was going in blowing in and then it's like it's on its side at this point the basket is on its side and you 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 blow it up from the side um obviously that kind of makes sense right and then when there's enough cold air in there the dude Uh, his name was Gavin, legend, Uh, he turns on the burners and blasts hot air into it, which then warms up the air and makes it inflate. Obviously, the cold air needs to go in first because if you was just to put the hot air in, the whole thing would just catch a light because there were... You get it. Science, right? Physics. Um, So then when there's enough hot air in it, it um, sort of pulls itself onto the... It just sort of pulls itself up. Um, and it was so grandiose. It gave me like megalomania, megalomania, megalophobia, megalomania. (laughs) Um, what does megalomania mean? A person who has an obsessive desire for power definitely didn't give me that. I already have that. 
Nah, just an obsessive desire for chicken nuggets. That's that's my thing. And mozzarella dippers and McDonald's breakfast. That's my thing at the moment. Also, when I had COVID, I just wanted ice cream. So Neapolitan ice cream. The, anyway, uh, so megalophobia, the fear of big things, because this thing was huge. So we all got in, went up. And um, weirdly, like, like I'm, I'm okay with heights. I'm fine with heights. But when this thing was going up, it was like, it, like I got real kind of vertigo and felt a bit like when it started rising, because all of a sudden you were just in the sky, and it was, it was very strange. But once you were up there, oh man, it's the most peaceful thing in the world. It's incredible. Like the sun had just risen. It was so quiet. The people, the other people were like, we were all kind of talking for a bit, but then everyone was like, there was like this volitional silence of like, everyone was like, ah, yeah, we all need to shut up now and just take this in. I say that it's like the most peaceful thing in the world for like periods of like a minute at a time. And then you just, he has to, the guy has to put the burners on to keep us in the air and alive. And so just you just you get into this really zen state, and then you just hear, and uh, that wakes you up better than coffee, pure fire, jet fire. Um, but you so yeah so back to me thinking that the whole thing was a scam because they were too precious about the weather. No, if this ever happens to you guys, and they're sort of they're a bit dodgy about the weather believe them because when you're in the air there was like no wind that day and as soon as you feel a bit of a breeze on your face the balloon starts moving and you start drifting and you think oh my god the amount of control this dude has over the balloon is minimal like gavin knew what he was doing but there's only so much control he can have and the whole experience was amazing we were in the air for like an hour wonderful wonderful time and uh, when we got back down, obviously, like you, you only have so much control over where you land. So the dude um, who's on the ground um, has to like bring. It's like a truck with a trailer on it that the basket has to go onto. Gavin, this dude. So when you when you land, you bounce a few times. This dude managed to. Bat- he was so. Con- he must have been feeling like ballsy as hell that day or he was like cracked out on something because he was like feeling so confident he bounced the basket onto the trailer like perfectly pinpointed it and landed it on there what a G what an absolute G so big shout out Gavin well done mate well done and then he was like oh i've never done that before and we were all like oh okay (laughs) great yeah so that was my that was my hot air ballooning experience absolute bliss for an hour the other morning totally worth it after all that anxiety of getting there and i knew it i knew it was going to happen as well the morning i woke up there before i was like it's going to happen it's going to i just knew it in my gut and i was right it's all about the vibes, the balloony vibes. I hope you're doing well. 
I hope you have had a good week since I last spoke to you. Uh, oh, my gig went well, by the way. Uh, it was nice. It was a nice time. Someone saw me, actually, in King's Cross. And they messaged me like, was that you? And I was like, yeah, hey. Um, I know I don't really shine my face, but if any of you do think it's me and you come up to me and you're like, hey, like, I'll say hello. Like, I'm, I'm chill. Please, please do come up and say hello. Don't film me. That's strange. Just come up and say hello. We'll have a chat. Um, but yeah, I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good week since I last spoke to you. Uh, if you're new to Cast, hello. It's just been me talking about a balloon for a bit. And usually what happens is I use a random word generator to generate five random words. And then I talk about them while you hopefully relax a little bit or chill or do whatever, whatever you really like. Maybe you're skiing, you know, that's a possibility. Maybe you are in a hot air balloon right now. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a nice time. And I'm going to start with the first word, which is, bear with me a second. Yeah, it's bear. That's the... <laughs> oh, comedy. Comedy, comedy, comedy. I'm on a roll today. All that high altitude has given me a new lease of life. Anyway, I have never, I don't think I have ever, actually seen a bear in real life. I was thinking about this. Like, I've seen bears so much in media like Bear in the Big Blue House, Winnie the Pooh, Brother Bear. Like I've seen so much, so many bears in media that it's almost created some memories in my head that make me feel like I have seen a bear, but there is no clear memory. So I, I, I think I've gaslit myself into thinking I've seen a bear in real life. <laughs> the human mind is a strange thing. I'll tell you what is also a strange thing, seeing a bear without any fur. You remember how I was talking about how odd giraffes are when you look at the, like, the concept of giraffes? If you, was a, if you were to see a bear in the forest without any fur and without any concept of what it looked like, you would think it was an alien. Definitely. For sure. I would anyway. And like grizzly bears like stood on their hind legs. That clearly is what people think Bigfoot is. This is why Bigfoot started. Because I've seen pictures of bears stood on their hind legs and they're like, they're pretty tall and hairy and they look quite sort of like human-like. They just stood there. Like, it looks like a dude in a bear suit. So if that thing then didn't have any fur, that's nightmare fuel. Also, I'm not judging the bear for looking like that. Like, it's just how it's made. But I'm just saying you would you would think that. Have you, um, have you seen or heard the debate going on about who would win in a fight between a grizzly bear and a silverback gorilla. If it was like a black bear or a brown bear, it might be quite safe to say that the gorilla would win. I actually thought it would always be the gorilla, probably because I've never seen a bear, but I have seen a gorilla. Sort of like the my dad can beat up your dad thing. 
like you know like because you you know your dad but you don't know the other kid's dad anyway it, why am i getting into that that's repression isn't it <laughs> um but if it was a if it was a grizzly bear in the ring with the gorilla turns out that i am most likely wrong as all heck i thought they were the same size silverback gorillas average around like six to six and a half feet maybe seven but grizzly bears ten ten feet and twenty claws now i don't think the bear would get off scot-free but i think my chest beating gorilla friend would be a little in over its head in the end Mostly because, like, gorilla skin is like human skin. So if a bear just, like, twats him once, <laughs> it's kind of it. Maybe twice, maybe three times, a lady. But um, you never know. I do love a good underdog story. Or under-gorilla story. So fingers crossed for him. I really hope so. But violence is never the answer. So hopefully they could come to some kind of diplomatic solution before it ever came to that. You know, that would be better. That would be nice. That would be preferable. Also, did you know um, Did you know adult grizzly bears can run up to 40 miles an hour? The same pace as a greyhound. This is terrifying that like that would set off speed cameras can you imagine like just a day at the races a day at the dog track and all of a sudden someone just decides to use a bear instead it's like in the mummy you know in the mummy when um the original mummy film the original mummy film the original mummy film um not the mummy returns solid sequel though very good sequel, a rare good, rarely good sequel, seldom, seldom good are sequels, but Mummy Returns, very good, very good sequel, also Brendan, Brendan Fraser getting a, 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 a comeback, a, a, a redemption, a second chance, well, redemption, he didn't do anything wrong, um, a, a second chance, at the life he, and the, the career that he loves, five seconds of silence, to honour Brendan Fraser. Okay, cool. Love you, Brendan. Um, I was actually working on a film set where I saw Brendan Fraser and I fangirled out. Like, I didn't speak to him or anything like that because I didn't feel like I needed to or want wanted to. Just to be in his presence was really nice and really, like, childhood affirming anyway that's oh sorry let me just um, just pick up that name i dropped there <laughs> so the original mummy movie um where they're all racing horses to hamanaptra to get there first the city of the dead but then evie rides a camel and she's like camels are faster than horses and everyone's like ha ha very funny and then the camel, camels were faster than the horses. So when that's the case, I can definitely believe 
that a bear is as fast as a greyhound. The animal kingdom, bro, very strange. Very contrastingly, some bears are also addicts. I found this out. In Russia, there are some bears that have become addicted to sniffing jet fuel in leftover barrels. And some of them are so mad for it that they realized because bears are extremely intelligent that it's helicopters that use the fuel. So some bears actually go stalking helicopters because they know they're going to find that sweet, sweet nectar. I love that. I love that. Just imagining this bear like just gurning off of jet fuel. Um, and my favorite fact, a nicer fact, not to do with junky bears. Um, one I actually didn't know until very recently. Um, it's the, the origin and inspiration behind Winnie the Pooh. I don't know how I didn't know this, but in 19, oh, when was it? 1915, um, there was a bear cub named Winnipeg and it was it was exported from Canada to the London Zoo um, and when Winnipeg was there a little boy named Christopher Robin Milne visited and formed a bond with Winnipeg and he loved Winnipeg so much that it inspired his father, A.A. A. Milne, to write stories about them. Winnipeg, Winnie, the Pooh. Cute, right? I like that. The next word is clover. I found a four-leaf clover once. I freaked out because they are so incredibly rare. Um, but to this day... There is still some anxiety in my head that what I found was actually maybe a normal three-leaf clover that had just been torn and ended up looking like four. I was like nine or ten when I found it. So, you know, maybe rose-tinted glasses of that memory, so I don't know. Um, so it may not be that rare, but but I suppose if you think about it, something that has been broken or torn but is still surviving and going strong still has a great amount of value and can still provide joy which it has it's all in the perception that's a looser analogy of mine but still valid I think um, actually I, I, I can do better I can do better so the chances of finding a four-leaf clover I think are about one in ten thousand something like that so it's pretty rare what is interesting though is that we perceive finding one of those four-leaf clovers as lucky and a great thing and a you know a sign of great things to come but when we see a person who acts differently to ten thousand people who are all doing the same thing, they are most likely cast out as a weirdo 
or a freak, compared to the other 9,999 who just fit in. It seems that only when the differences in this person make them successful or famous or rich, that they are seen as a good thing and like celebrated for being different. Now, this isn't true in every case, obviously, but it's, it's true enough for it to be the general mindset. Different and rare can be very good. It doesn't mean it always is, but the potential of it, I think, should be treated with great curiosity and care rather than just immediate disregard as like, you're a weirdo, dork, what a freak. You know what I mean? That's a better analogy. We'll go with that. Now, I'm trying to figure out the difference between shamrocks and clovers. Also, the butter is really nice. Do you remember the advert? Um, and we all love clover all over this land. And we all love clover. It's the way that it's churned. Was that it? I think that was it. I love clover. I still buy clover now. Clover butter. Well, it's margarine. Is it margarine? I don't know. It tastes nice on toast. Anyway, difference between shamrocks and clovers. Um... Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So five plants. There's five plants that say they're called Irish shamrocks. Like this, like I'm Spartacus. I'm a shamrock. No, I'm a shamrock. These just these little tiny plants talking. Um, but apparently even among the Irish, there's um, there's no true consensus about which plant is the true shamrock. There's the, there's the hop clover, there's the white clover, there's the red clover. Okay, so there's three clovers that are said to be the same thing, the same as a shamrock. There's the black medic, and then there's the wood sorrel, which is a wildflower, which is, it looks like a clover, but is not a clover. Okay, so there's no real answer there. Um, so... By historical definition, a shamrock, the three leaves of, a, of an Irish shamrock, represent the, the trinity, like the holy trinity, the father, the son, and the holy spirit. Okay, so, so a four-leaf clover is not considered a shamrock. So it's the lucky thing, but it's not actually a shamrock, which is the thing that's considered lucky, because St. Patrick made it that way. Okay, so I'm not massively up on my Irish folklore. However, it seems that the confusion of this could be, not just my confusion, the, the general confusion of, the, of the, the mismatch of stories, it could be one of those things that lies in the, like the myriad of different versions of Irish folklore that came from the fact that way back in the day the British tried to basically stamp out the Irish language. In the 1500s, when Irish was banned as a language, no one would write it 
like actually write it down physically for fear of being caught and punished horribly. So Irish history was recorded in spoken word, in spoken stories. And despite that making for most Irish people being fantastic storytellers, it would also have meant that the details of those stories would have been remembered slightly differently and slightly wrongly as they, as, as they were passed down, leading to confusion about things like which, which plant is actually a shamrock. If I have any of this wrong, by the way, please, please feel free to correct me. Um, and what I'm going to do here is leave that and move on to the next word. But before I do, highly recommend that you check out Blind Boy and his podcast. A wonderful, wonderful Irish lad who has amazing hot takes on so much Irish history and not just Irish history, many a thing that are absolutely fascinating. So go over there and tell him hi. Not from me. I don't know the guy. Yet. I feel like I will at some point. I don't know why. It's just a vibe. But yeah. Sadiq, go say hi from me. He's a good lad. Very good podcast. Enjoy. So on to the next word. Garrulous. And here we are, back again with a word that I have never heard before, but I'm about to find out what it means. Excessively talkative, especially on trivial matters. Amazing. So basically, this podcast, me, that is pretty much the perfect word to define this. Garrulous. I might even put it in the in the description of the podcast. A few garrulous moments every week where nonsense is spouted by one English chap in his van to provide a little respite from the world for those in need. Nice. Either that or just dude chat shit while you chill. I'll take a poll. I'll take a poll later. Speaking of though, if you gain anything from this podcast at all, if it's if it's helped you chill or relax or feel anything good in your bones or in your head, please, if you would be so kind, consider rating the podcast wherever you listen to it and or leaving a little review, even just a few words because it helps an incredible amount. I didn't realize how much it does help, but it turns out it does massively. So if you have a few seconds, that would be much, much, much appreciated. You can literally write, dude, chat shit while you, while I chill, thumbs up. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I require. Thank you very much. Weirdly, as, as much as I am quite garrulous, on here, I guess. I, I actually don't talk that much in social situations. Um, especially in big groups of people. If I'm on a night out, I might, if the mood strikes. But a lot of the time I like to just not talk. I don't know. It doesn't work well in a lot of social situations when I, when I, when I 
hang out regularly with a group of people, especially if they start to know me as an extrovert. And then suddenly I'm like, I don't want to talk anymore. People are just like, are you okay? You've gone really quiet. What's up? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now I've got to explain myself. (laughs) I'm just vibing. I just don't want to talk. Most of the time people are like, yeah, okay. Especially now, people are people are way more understanding of it now. But um, yeah, back in the day it was slightly different. But yeah, I'm, I'm much better one-on-one. I always have been. Don't know why. Could probably analyse it, I guess. But I've been trying to not do that as much these days. Because then I start talking about why I'm talking. And that's just too meta. And I, I'm... Uh, it's not it's not necessary. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um but there are there, there there are definitely a sort of people who just talk for the sake of talking. And I find those kinds of people very draining. Um I feel like those kinds of people are slightly askew very good word, askew on what the meaning of a conversation is. Although I I feel slightly hypocritical when that is literally what I'm doing here. Posing it as a conversation when really it's just me talking it at you. But the purpose here is for you to passively drift through with the intention of relaxation. You know what I mean? There's no pressure for your brain to work. So it can just turn off for a while. Although I do get many messages from people saying that they reply to what I'm saying. Which is also quite nice. Isn't it good? I thought so too. Look at that communication. <laughs> In general, I I think I've found listening to be way more fulfilling than talking. It allows you to operate from a much better space. It's a really good way to get out of your own head and be more present and connect with other people. I mean like really connect. It seems like the most obvious thing in the world, right? If you want to connect with someone, listen to them. But I think I think so many of us think in italics we're listening when all we're really doing is just hearing someone speak. Once again, here, you can do what you like. Hear or listen, doesn't matter. I'm just in your ears while you're doing what you're doing. Just as a as a lower hum totally fine but in a conversation yeah it can it can be all too easy to to hear someone speak while our own inner voice or our our own thoughts are far far louder we deem them as more important because they take up more space but they're just being louder we give our thoughts too much credence i think i feel like we do a lot better if we um formed ideas and opinions through things other people have to say rather than the crap we feed ourselves listen and respond accordingly rather than just waiting to talk I may be slightly biased because I've fed myself a lot of crap over the years but I uh, I think the point still stands yeah that's kind of all I have to say on that Listen. Listen more. The next word is jump. Jump. 
I say jump, you say how high. Hmm. I wonder if back in the day humans could jump a lot higher. Like the hunter-gatherer days. Like I watched this film called The Crudes. I think it's a DreamWorks film. And it was about a, a cave a cave family back in the day and they were all like hunter-gatherers but they were like superhuman with strength and speed and like jumping ability so I do wonder if we've just sort of devolved a bit like we think we're evolving but maybe we've gone backwards who knows weird weird things that evolution does I got that call of the void thing when I went up in the hot air balloon I've spoken about that before here. What's it in French? L'appel du vide. L'appel du vide. Du vide? Du vide. L'appel du vide. Um, It's quite a common sensation, apparently, that has nothing to do with wanting to unalive yourself, but just it's just a thing that makes you just want to jump when you're on a high thing. That little voice that just goes, that'd be fun. Do it. But weirdly, counterintuitively, actually means you want to live. It's a, it's the it's a really weird thing to explain, but it's and it, and it's one of those weird things about our nature as humans. But yeah, you stand on a really high thing, you look over, and just the sheer like brush with mortality. Make that makes you feel that alive where you you sort of take control and you go I could this is the possibility but the sheer fact that I am feeling this way about it makes me like thrilled to be alive I think that's how it works obviously if you are feeling anything more than that please 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 do talk to someone a friend or family, someone professional. I was never good at talking to people at all. And when I finally started, it changed everything and allowed me to balance so much stuff out in my mind because less was in my mind. So please, there's sources and numbers everywhere. It's a phone click away. And so many of these places are 24 hours as well. So you're not alone. Things can always change. Always. Always. Tell you what though, I might not have been good at talking, but what I was good at back in the day was the high jump. I was an absolute beast, actually, at the high jump. I think I matched the county record when I was in school. Would have made the Olympics if it wasn't for my damn knee. And by knee, I mean music, drugs, and low self-esteem. <laughs> Love that for me. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of jumping sports, isn't there? Can you imagine the first guy to figure that out back in the day or to have that idea? Idea? Idea. You see a guy jump. He, like He's just like, what's his name? Uh, Fred. His name's Fred. Fred sees a guy jump and is like, well I can do that I could probably do it better and higher and thus sport was born 
Oh, apparently the first high jump events were in Scotland in the in the 19th century. Amazing. Let me go back and rephrase that thing I literally just said. Freddy sees another guy jump. I well, I can do that. Probably better. Probably higher. And thus, sport. <laughs> there we go. Now it's historically accurate. So you have the high jump, the long jump, and the triple jump. The long jump also used to be called the broad jump, apparently. Um, I want to invent a new one. I'm going to call it the... Oh God, now I have to think of one. I hate when my brain does that. It goes, here's an idea you're going to have. Haven't got the idea yet, but it's we're, we're going to say it like it's going to be. So I just have to trust that it's going to come. Um... The the type of jump I'm going to invent is called the hobby jump. And I'll tell you why it's going to be called the hobby jump. Do you remember in Looney Tunes um, and I think some old Disney cartoons, just cartoons back in the day when physics was just not important, <laughs> there would be some character falling through the air or bouncing really high and because they were there for so long they ended up like reading a book or and then like switching to like watching tv or like knitting a sweater whilst flying through the air do you remember that that that's the sport you choose your favorite hobby or the most impressive hobby while being shot out of a cannon or something and whoever is the most entertaining wins let's go Olympics call me, DM me, yeah why am I in a van talking into your ears when I should be on the sport creation legislation of people thing that's why, that's why <laughs> that's why Stop being so garrulous. Um, I'm gonna let's go on to the last word. I'm gonna leave that there. Jumping's fun. Jumping's good. Everyone should jump. It's good for the soul. It's good for the spirit. Skipping as well. Skipping's very good. Also, if you ever like want a really good and simple workout to do at any time, just jump onto a box. Jump on, jump off. Jump on, jump off. Do it like ten times and then take a break and then do it again for 10 times like do that for like three times round smashed it like the plosive power just makes you feel so much better like as a as a person it's great it's really great so the last word of the day is redo could be redo but I, I don't think that's a word so redo right so unless you are literally doing brain surgery or something well nerdy like that, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm sorry if you're a brain surgeon. I wonder if any brain surgeons listen to podcasts when doing surgery. I wonder if any brain surgeons have listened to my podcast while surgering. Surgering. That would mean 
because the patients have to be awake, right? That I would be talking to people whilst having brain surgery, well, whilst they're having brain surgery, whilst they are being surged upon. Oh my God, shout out to you if you're having brain surgery right now. You're a real one for listening to this now. Tweet me. You know how I said at the beginning you might be like skiing or chilling or cooking or whatever? You might be having brain surgery. That is totally a possibility. Amazing. I hope you're feeling chill. I hope the surgeon is doing a great job. Shout out to the surgeon too. Big up. Big up the surgeon. And just the whole team in there. All the nurses, doctors, whoever's holding the scalpel and shit. Yeah, man. Respect to you all. So unless you're doing that, <laughs> most of the time when you're doing stuff, it, it doesn't have to be done right the first time. But I feel like a lot of us, including me from time to time, get so up in our heads about getting it right the first time that we are convinced that we'll feel like failures otherwise which is not the case at all it's literally the opposite the only time you truly fail is when you stop trying right if you get something out of your head and into the physical world whether that is writing a song trying to get a job like interviewing for a job, painting something, asking someone on a date, not brain surgery, cooking something new. If you get all those things, except brain surgery, out of your head and into the physical world, out of your head, brain surgery, funny, you can then see the reality of it in front of you and learn from what didn't go right and redo it. Second draft, that sucker, you know what I mean? I hated doing second drafts, especially in school, because it meant I had to actually look at the work I'd done, and ew, who wants to do that? So I just never did them. But if I did have the stone, like proofreading, proofreading, who proofreads? If I did have the stones to look at them and got my ego out of the way, enough I could have been like oh yeah that bit is total ass let's let's change that and there we go so many things are all always worth a redo never get hung up on the first thing and never get hung up on the first being right and like removing a brain tumor with that little nugget I'm gonna wrap this up that's the worst joke I've ever made on here <laughs> Wow. But removing a brain tumour is, is a good thing. Right? So the comedy is okay. I hope the comedy is okay. Oh, man. Anyway, if you would like to support the podcast... Oh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm asking for this after that joke. But if you would like to support the podcast and myself, if you've, if you've gained anything from it, bit of relaxation, company, or anything like that, even if it may be, you know, now you know the, the weird guy who you don't want to hang out with again, that's totally valid too, then you can become part of the 
Patreon community if you would like the worst pitch I've ever done. But if you would like to support what I do and help me put as much time into this as possible, please do consider chucking me a few quid every month. Just, you know, enough to like buy some chicken nuggets when I feel like I, I need them to keep me going as fuel. Simple as that. A few nuggets a month. That's all you need. Oh no, nuggets is the wrong thing to be talking about now. I'm going to leave. I hope you feel a bit more chill than when we first started. Please do take care of yourself as much as possible. It's very important. It's the most important thing. Be kind to yourself. It's the second most important thing. And know that I will speak to you soon. That's the third most important thing. <laughs> Alright. Catch ya. Bye.